All right. Hello, everyone. We are here today with Mr. Bell, who grew up in Salinas, California. He graduated from Humboldt State University as a geography and geospatial science major with a minor in computer science and has been a history and psychology teacher at Salinas High for seven years. Mm-hmm. So, how are you doing, Mr. Bell? Um, I'm doing better. Better? Okay. Better. I'm doing better. It's been a tough start to the year uh, with a completely new schedule. As you can oh, see, yeah. uh, teaching arrangement. Um, but that was tough, but I'm doing better now. Okay, that's good. Are you at all nervous to lay it on, on the line right now? <laughs> you know, I, I get nervous when I do things I care about. And so I do, I do care about... He's like, I'm not nervous people. at all. Yeah. No, <laughs> Give, no, I do not nervous. care. I mean, there's some things I, I do get nervous about usually when I try something new for the first time and when I'm doing things I really care about. And so yeah. I, I got a little bit of nerves. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel knowing that you have a ton of influence over your students? I feel like you more than a lot of teachers. I don't know, I just feel like there's this different like Mr. Bell community and <laughs> this is ever like you're are you ever like wow all my followers like I gotta you know lead them in the right direction does that ever make you nervous pressure you know well I think the last part you said there is probably the most important thing or the most yeah. pressure I ever feel um is am I leading kids in the right direction yeah am I saying the things that are gonna help them be successful later on um being a teacher, in a, being a mentor, being a coach, they all are the same kind of job. Um, and your job is to help, you know, bring younger people or up uh, and try to make them more successful, try to teach them the ways both good and bad and the realities of all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel pressure every single day and I love feeling pressure. Yeah. I'm a big believer of pressure makes diamonds. Mm-hmm. And so. If I'm not feeling pressure at all, then what am I really doing? Yeah. So um, I would do that when I was younger by procrastinating on everything. And then having that pressure being like, this is what makes my best work. Yeah. Um, And I do that a little bit still as a teacher. But um, I think that's one of the big things is, I mean, there's always going to be influence everywhere you go. I do feel like my influence is waning, though. I do feel like kids are listening less. Mm. And that's been something I've been struggling to cope with is how to connect or reach um, the newer generation kids because pre-COVID kids versus post-COVID kids and the ones that were stuck right in the middle of it, yeah, they're all different monsters. That's and true. I feel like I'm getting older and I'm feeling like society and everything's going way faster now and I just feel like I'm holding on to things from behind. So it's harder to connect in the same sense, but at the same time, you got to reinvent yourself every once in a while. So. Yeah. Is I'm it easier to connect with like AP students or with like, um, do you teach regular psychology? I don't anymore. I've been, this is the second year in a row, I've taught only AP classes. Um, there's something I miss about teaching a regular class. Yeah. Um, I do feel like those students can be way more grounded mm-hmm. in reality, expectations, um, and what really they're going to live through and experience in this world. Whereas AP students, I mean, I do love the passion, the effort, <laughs> but they have incredibly unrealistic uh, perspectives. And yeah. And I think that overwhelms them. And then when it gets to college apps, then acceptances, mm, yeah. when they 
pushed away all the criticism or all the like, hey, slow down a little bit, and then you come to that realization at the end of the year, it's a little more hard. Yeah. Um, but you know, everyone wants to believe and experience everything through their own reality, and so I can't, mm-hmm. I can't internalize that too difficultly. But I can try to be more real. I, I would say instead yeah. of uh, just kind of continue to pump them all up and make them feel good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it's time to, to drop the hammer every once in a while a little bit more. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, is there one specific skill that you wish you had um, in teaching or in anything? I feel like that this changed throughout my life and like the different kind of levels. Like in high school, that I'd choose something different. In college, definitely something different. <laughs> um, and now as I'm here, uh, I wish... Uh, that I could be more handy, to be honest. Um, working on a house, building things, um, being a little more creative in that sense, that's definitely something I wish that I had um, that I don't think I would have said if I was a 21-year-old kid yeah. or an 18-year-old kid, but right now, like, I, mean, I can do some basic things, but uh-huh. as I'm living at a house and working on it and stuff like that, it's, there's a lot of things I wish I was better at. Yeah. And I would say be more handy, be more skillful and um, crafting or building something. Okay, interesting. Um, what is one movie, song, book, etc., that you think like changed your life? Well, I think feel like when I go to movies, I don't think they changed my life. I think they kind of or like had a big life. impact. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. when I think about books, I only read really one book. Yeah, <laughs> oh, me too. Two books, two books. One was some sort of Viking series I had to read for AR when I was in high school yeah. that I actually liked. And then my favorite book of all time is Ender's Game. But again, I don't know if that really changed anything, so I have to go uh-huh. with music. Okay. I think music is definitely That's where I would go that's, to. That's closer to changing. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a music project for my class uh, this year about like soundtracks of people's lives and what represents them. And a song I was gonna put on there, but I didn't for the one I did, um, is "Stubborn Love" by the Lumineers. Oh yeah. It's a it's a song about a relationship um, with a human, uh, but that's not the part that changes my life at all. Um, I, I I hear that song and all I can see is my relationship as a like a college athlete and as mm-hmm. a runner, and how brutal yeah. it is, and how you always want to like hold on to it and be it for as long as you can, and then mm-hmm. when it's gone, it's absolutely gone and you feel like you've been cheated on for the most part yeah so I would say that I heard that song when it came out in 2011 right going into college and then I started listening to it a lot more towards the end of college when um, you know your life changes and perspectives mm-hmm. get a lot different similar to freshman year you in high school is different than senior you in high school yeah same thing happens in college interesting yeah are you going to see them in Santa Barbara I know they're playing. Um, I saw them last year. Or, oh, okay. yeah, last year I saw them in, in September. Um, I'm going to see actually another one of my favorite bands, Camp and Zach Bryan. Oh, uh, yeah. Down in San Diego this <clears throat> winter. But I'd love to see Lumineers again. Yeah. Because they're my favorite band. Well, I was, I'm not a huge fan, but I saw, I was like, oh, Lumineers, I know them, you know. But the tickets are like three hundred dollars. I was like, eh, yeah, not a. They've blown up a little bit since. Though. Yeah, you got a <laughs> I got gatekeep. For Forty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I only I would spend under a hundred dollars on a con. I don't know. I just 
change when you get older. Yeah. When you get a little more disposable income, it's like... That's true. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Um, is there something that nobody knows about you that you wish they would? Um... When you say nobody, what do you what do you mean by nobody? Like, there's things my wife knows that not maybe. Yeah, know, maybe like your knows. your students, like just something that like you wish you could tell people. Like you're like, like for me, I don't know. I'm like, nobody knows that I X Y Z, and they should know that. Like, you know, I don't know. Just like something that happened to you that explains a lot about you or. I would say if we're gonna go or like with a piece it, of advice, like, like and stuff like that. I I really don't think they know or understand that I literally lived the exact same life as them. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah, that's the, exactly all of the experiences, all yeah. the, the fights within. Uh, what do you want to do with the school? All the mm -hmm. little the um, I don't want to call them gags, but the pranks that people play on each other. The drama with teachers, the drama within friend groups, the question marks, yeah, the the events, the football, all of that stuff I've lived before. Yeah, I I know the experience. I know <laughs> I know it all. It's not different uh -huh. at all. Like it, I've been there, and I know how to enjoy the fun parts, and I know how to get through the harder parts. And I just feel like that kids these not these days, but like all kids do it, mm -hmm. is they think something's different. Yeah. They think that, oh, it, they wouldn't understand. We do. Yeah. We do a lot. Um, there are some small things that are different, but the, the big things are is that I really know the experience you're going through. I know how hard you're working. I know how to manage my times the same way. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot that I feel like that if we were on the same page mm -hmm. and understood that people would get it a little bit better. Yeah. So I would say that that's one major thing that I don't think a lot of people really understand or would know, um, at least from the student's point of view. Yeah, sure. exactly. <clears throat> um, how did your childhood impact the person you are today in an unexpected way? Like, is there something that, you know, you just like the way your parents raised you or something that like you didn't realize until once you were older made a huge difference? Um, my parents worked a lot when I was a kid. Uh, I was a time for me kid. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, uh, and then I was That's a, a new level of connect, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was a summer camp kid because my oh, parents yeah. were always working. So mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time being raised or supervised by large groups of kids mm -hmm. and some random adult. Uh, and so I think that definitely impacted how social I was and how I was raised and all my friends had their moms be able to stay home with the summer with mm -hmm. them. Yep. Or like they, they got to hang out more often and I was just shipped off, dropped off at eight, picked up at four. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's something that I feel like definitely um, allowed me to uh, reach out and, and meet new people and have friends in different areas of Monterey County and stuff like that. Uh, it also made me have to make new friends quite often. Yeah. And so I feel like I, I can talk to just about anybody. Um, so that's one component, but I think that the reverse of that is when I started going, not going to camps anymore because I aged out, and I started going to work. Yeah. And I've been working, I worked for my parents for free, obviously, 
for a long time because that was supervision. Yeah. But my dad and my mom worked at the same company and they had very different jobs. But the, the big job that my dad had was, he was a vice president, I think, but he was in charge of a warehouse. And all of, basically 90% of his employees were all um, older individuals with strong developmental disorders mm-hmm. um, and disabilities. And I lived my entire life around people um, who were going through a lot yeah. and who some of them could barely even talk. Um, but they worked really hard for my dad and I saw the connections he had with them and the impact. And his goal was just to go out there and help people and get these people to work and be like regular individuals and not kept up in some sort of um, complex mm-hmm. or some sort of home where they're just supposed to be there, like being out in public and being regular. And he committed his entire life to that. And that's something I didn't really think about too much yeah. until way later in life where you're like, I, that's what I do is I try to help people out, yeah. try to support them and different audiences, different contexts, but I know the impact he had on them and that's definitely something that has trans, transferred with me throughout my entire life, um, but in like kind of a subliminal way or an unknowing way. Yeah. So I would say that's, that's gotta probably be the most unexpected thing that I didn't even think of until I read the question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I was going for. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, there's certain things that like you look back and you're like, why am I the way I am or why is this so much easier for me? And then you realize it's like little things that your parents do that they do they do a lot and or things they don't do. Yeah, you exactly. know? <laughs> yeah. Pick up on, but you, you don't see it at the time, but you'll see it later. Yeah. Would you say your dad was a big um or like who do you think had a huge influence over you when you were younger? Uh, I think my dad definitely did. I think both yeah. my parents did in, in very different ways. Um, as somebody, I, I mean, I feel really privileged in a lot of what I've experienced, but like mm-hmm. just one, when I talk about it, it's different these days with the kids and stuff like that. Like With the kids. My, my parents went through <laughs> every single athletic event I had. Yeah. I know that's a privilege, but they would talk to the coaches. Mm-hmm. They would be there. They'd be seen. Everybody on the team knew who they were. I don't see that at all. Yeah. Um, in almost any sport. I mean, some sports can get it better than others, but I just feel like there's a huge disconnect there where kids are just, parents are just dropping their kids off for sports and they're basically babysitting these days. Yeah. Instead of being like a stronger community <laughs> and a support structure and things like that. Um, and that's just like 10 years ago. Yeah. And, it, and that's just like one small thing that's really different. But I would say, yeah, my, they were always there for me and very supportive in, in multiple different ways. and. They definitely had huge impacts on me. Yeah. Do you think, um, if you guys don't know, Mr. Bell is a cross-country coach. Do you think with cross-country and track, like, you get a lot of people who are just there to say they're doing a sport? Because I do feel like it's the sport that, you know, running, you obviously takes skill, but in terms of all the sports, it takes the some of the least amount of knowledge yeah Yeah. Uh, i mean yeah there's always been that case of people are here to condition for other sports yeah people want to be a part of something i mean that's what all humans want to do yeah they want to be a part of something and i'm very supportive of those individuals just coming out to get to get better shape and better health that being said you gotta work yeah you gotta gotta want to yeah you can't just be here to talk then get out of here and, and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think, and this is something that I think people take for granted, is um, cross country, yeah, it just requires you to run. 
Yeah. Who's teaching you how to run though? That's yeah. Nobody. I see a lot of people running. Yeah. No clue what they're doing, <laughs> and they're getting hurt, and they hate mm-hmm. running because they don't. Nobody's taught them how to run. And yeah. Running's been used as a punishment. Um, it really isn't. And once you get to a good fitness and mm-hmm. you know how to run, then we can talk about racing and racing and running, two different things. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you gotta be able to run before you can race. So mm-hmm. there is skill, but it, it's not as direct as other sports I would say definitely yeah do you have any morning rituals I have a lot of morning rituals I'm a morning mm-hmm. person yeah um, so I get up at like 540 between 525 and 540 okay um, basically every morning for the past nine years yeah um, and the first thing I do is I uh, make a cup of coffee mm-hmm. um, I am a coffee mm-hmm. addict I only drink in the morning though no afternoon coffees or yeah. anything like that okay um, but during the school year, I get up, I make a cup of coffee, I let the dog out, and I watch news. Yeah. I watch the local news to, to see what's going on. Um, and then if I, if something big's happening, I'll, I'll scroll through the, the news on my phone a little bit for the national news or yeah. sports news or something like that. But I just feel like I should be up to date with at least things going on here in Salinas because that's what I care about. Yeah. Um, and so I, I watch the news. Uh, every single morning on work days um, with my cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends, I walk my dog in the mornings instead of watching the news. I don't watch the news. <laughs> Take a break. Yeah, you don't want, and then the summertime. And then Monday it hits and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, pretty <laughs> Something much. Something crazy mean, happens. No. We're, we're, we're glued to our phones these days and so yeah. you get a notification if anything major happens and stuff like that. But I think um, there's just something that, again, my parents did it. Uh, it's something I do. It just, prepares me in my morning better. And I found consistency in the morning yep. is the most important thing. And when I was in college, I'd get up early, I'd, I'd sleep in late. You know, things are all over the place, but when you get older, that consistency and that, that ritual yep. is very, very important. So cup of coffee, watch the news. Got it. I do think it is important to think about your local community news more. Cause like no one, and like local politics too, like people get so wrapped up in like, you know, let's be real, things they can't control in the yes, they do. national government. It's like, mm-hmm. you should think more about local stuff. Um, what is an unlikely pet you would love to have? I think I've already had them, actually. Like a wild animal. Like something, like, because, okay, like, I don't think you've had a... <laughs> I, his name was Ike, and he was a great llama. Okay. So he was awesome. Yeah. Llamas are mysterious. They're wild creatures. That's true. They're very isolationist and aggressive at times. They <laughs> spit at you. Mm-hmm. But it, it was crazy living in the back of San Bernardino and just having a, a llama walking yeah. around the hillside. Um, and because he'd just come through bushes and then just have that super long neck and just be looking out and then see you and just spit at you. Oh, my God. Um, so I, he, he was a great llama. Uh, but I would say another unlikely pet that I would have I think it'd be really cool to have like a like a like a falcon or a hawk mm-hmm. or a bird and just be okay. able to put your arm out there and walk around and feed it. Like yeah. uh, I think that'd be pretty dope. Like a mean <laughs> bird that was like your sidekick. I'd be down for that. Yeah. I mean, they're vicious creatures, but I mean something's cool about flying. I've always They also weigh like ten pounds or less, you know, like so yeah, I mean, and I love chickens, too, so I guess that, that there's a connection between yeah. the, the birds there, but the small birds I don't like, but, but a big predatory okay. bird that you can just, you know, send up there and go out there and hunt something and come mm-hmm. back or kill all those damn ground squirrels. Yeah. Whatever you need. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. 
What is your favorite slang word? <laughs> like something like when I was in high school. Or no, like, like kids now. Are using now. Yeah, that you maybe you wouldn't say yourself, but like you're like that. That one's good. I got in trouble for this one the other day. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea what it was, uh, and it was different for me. But um, I had no clue that za was yeah. a slang word for marijuana. <laughs> and I love saying, like, calling yeah. pizza za. And I've been doing that for so long. And, like, yeah, every, every generation has their own slang words for marijuana and stuff like that. But I was bummed when I heard that I couldn't use za anymore because um, it's I marijuana. love za. Oh, like, look at that za over there. Give me two pieces of Zoth. Yeah. I mean, come on. I would say that all the time when I was younger. Yeah. And now I just feel like I can. And it's, that's a bummer. So I would say that's probably my favorite slang yeah. right now because... Because um, you can't say it. I can't say it anymore. And it's, it's always, it was always awkward to call pizza Zoth in the first place. But yeah. ridiculous people do ridiculous things. Well, I remember I said it to you like, I, like last year or something. I was talking about you know yeah. the zaza <laughs> and you were like talking about pizza and i was like what <laughs> i was like this guy went to humble how does he not know <laughs> I, nobody's called za, za yeah humble, i can tell you that i think maybe i don't know if they like in new jersey do you think they call pizza za probably not because like because i feel like jersey. east coast pizza culture is different than oh, west way coast different. pizza culture way, way I mean, and I, yeah. I think they probably do have better pizza out there um, really? But I mean, I don't know. What's your favorite? Like, like, do you like Pizza My Heart? I do like Pizza My Heart. Um, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Pizza My Heart. I love how they do the giant slices. Yeah. They sell it by the slice. I love how local it is in California. It is, and I love their pepperonis. Yeah. So I mean, I can't you can't go wrong with Pizza My Heart in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Are you like a thin crust, thick crust kind of? As long as yeah. it's done well, yeah. I mean, I, agree. I do like to be able to fold the pizza, yeah. so you can see easier to dip it too. And I can in dip what it ranch? Well. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bad person. I um, get it though. <laughs> the, the, the pepper, you get all the the, the cooling sensation with the yeah. spicy pepper in there and the cheesiness. Um, but I'm a pineapple on pizza person. So. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I know it's a bit. We're gonna cut right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Um, do you have any concerns for the future? Well, I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh. In what context? Like, I mean, your future. Climate, we talking my no, I don't want to talk climate. about the climate anymore. You don't want to talk about politics or climate? Okay. No. My, my biggest concerns for the future, I've got a, a couple of them. Um, one is children, for sure. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I, I always thought I was going to be a kid, guy who wanted a bunch of children. Um, I've been with my wife for 13 years, and we always thought in high school, and if things worked out, children, she always thinks the same thing. And it's been like at least four years or five years now where we've had conversations like, just not yet. Yeah. And I can't imagine how much my life's going to change when that happens, and I can't <laughs> potentially even see myself ready for it. Yeah. Um, especially again with what's outside of the world going mm-hmm. on. Um, but just, I mean, when we got a, a puppy last year, that completely changed our lives. And that's just a dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, a little human, terrifying. Uh, other big concerns in the future, um, I don't want to get into education and policy yeah. like that, but I think the role of technology is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think um, parenting is being much more difficult now and trying to cope with it and understand it. 
And as somebody who kind of was a kid through the, the buildup of technology and was able to learn at a faster rate than my parents, um, I feel we've gotten to the point now where parents think that they're competent enough to know what they're doing, yeah. but they're really not. Yeah. And, they, and the kids are just going at a blinding speed. And now it's not necessarily like technology to help or support or grant access, it's a technology to basically sell yeah. and, and profit off data and things like that. And I think there's huge concerns there. Um, and I also think that, you know, the internet provides a lot of communities, which is great, but, um, and I don't wanna sound like a parrot for other dog whistles or something like that, but I think yeah. influence over kids has been taken away from local entities, local mm -hmm. coaches, local, their parents themselves. And now kids are getting glued and caught up in things halfway across the world and that's all they care about or that's how they see themselves where 15 years ago that doesn't happen. Yeah. And they stay localized and they're, they're easier to, social, to talk to the people around them more instead mm -hmm. of finding these far off communities or these far off ideas. There's a lot, there's too much influence on the internet that's yeah. too accessible for children these days. And it's, it's having bad, really mm -hmm. bad ramifications yeah. right now. Are you at all worried about like AI anything or not really? I mean, I don't think it can really replace human work. I know no, a lot of people think so, but I don't. There's some there's some fields that you know are skeptical yeah. with AI. It does make things quicker. The products are worse, and I would be skeptical of any business that's looking to profitize off of AI instead of you know investing in humans. Yeah, um, like that's a huge red flag for me <laughs> um, in terms of AI in the classroom. It's called, it's easy, it's called pen and paper. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't hide from that. Exactly. Like you, can, you can go home and read AI and have it try to produce an essay for you, but you can't, you got 45 minutes in class to write it. Yep. Good luck. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you, you're going to have to teach iPad kids one day. I feel like I already am. Yeah? Okay. okay. I feel like I was when I was teaching you. Uh, what? <laughs> There's just some kids that are just too glued to it. They yeah. They come off of it. And yeah, the, the kids who, I mean, I, there was a TV, I watched TV when I was a, a kid at a day, I guess a babysitter, mm -hmm. daycare, pre-high pre, pre school. Time for me? Pre, pre, yeah, well, time for me. We didn't, they didn't watch TV at time for me. They would never put that <sighs> That's on. true. It'd be like a movie on Fridays, maybe. Did you ever eat like the microwave popcorn at time? Always. Oh my God, it hit different. <laughs> they used to have these blue <laughs> I was so hungry. They dump the popcorn down onto it. You had to bring your yeah. own bag when I went there. Yeah, you me had to too. You bring your own bag. They had these blue trays that are they just pour the whole popcorn yeah. into that tray, and then you had to share. Yeah, you had to share. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, AI, I'm not that concerned. Yes, yeah. I really. Me too. Um, not in my field, not with what I do, um, but there's other things I'm way more concerned about. Mm -hmm. Again, social media, uh, use of attention, the TikTok and. Oh my God, spans. attention spans. Yeah, my attention span is definitely. I mean, we can all be aware of it. It's so it's just, embarrassing. What are you willing to do? Yeah, <laughs> I have to like force myself to watch a whole movie sometimes because I oh just. Oh my gosh! I know that's. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sitting here like I don't even have TikTok. I never had TikTok. Um, you had Vine though. I Vine. I never right? had Vine Wait, personally, but like people around me were. Yeah. On Vine. And what's funny about I never had Vine. What's funny about Vine for me is my wife liked Vine, but. Um, I never really got into it, but uh -huh. like post college, um, when Vine died, we uh -huh. just started watch watching compilations on YouTube of old vines. <laughs> yeah, and it 
It was great. Yeah. It was, it was so fun. It, it was, but it was like a 20 minute video of a bunch of six minute clips or six That's second true. clips, and it's just like goes by, kind of weird, but yeah. There, there is a nostalgia for like the memes that came out of Vine. Definitely. Um, but in terms of like, that's the content I want to consume. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No um, what is the biggest lesson you learned in college? Um, that college isn't really about like learning new things. It is or it, it isn't? It's not. Like oh. learning new content. Oh, oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, okay. That's not what college is for. I don't think that's what it's like. You didn't learn anything. I did learn things. I forgot almost all of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what I learned more is about myself, mm-hmm. how to be independent, how to deal with a, other adults in a room roommate situation, how to um, really learn from a mentor or a professor, how to um, you know get by for the most part, how to pick up a side job here to be able to cover rent in order to be able to make it to the end of the semester. Um, you look, you'll, I mean, you'll learn a ton in college, but you'll learn the things that will stick with you the longest is the things you learn about yourself. Yeah. And I think one of the most effective tools about college is it gives you the freedom and the independence to, to learn those things about yourself while keeping you in a similar kind of system or structure mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm going to class, I'm getting an education. It's similar to high school, but there's all these new like personal living on your own differences about it. And that's a, that's a safety net for, for the most part of how you can learn yourself, take chances, experience new things, experience failure, while also having the same structures. People who don't go, they learn all of those same things. Yeah. But it's a harder reality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I need to get this paycheck in order to pay for food or to pay to rent. And I'm working 12 hours minimum wage in order to cover these things. Like that's a, that's a lot harder of a situation. Now I know it's super expensive these days and loans um, they're all over the place, but if you if you could have the privilege to to grow up going through the college experience, I think it's it's a little bit more safer and more user friendly yeah. than being thrown into the real world where you're making really big decisions and um, your views of the world change rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I got a degree in computer science and I couldn't code anything in Python right now, <laughs> and like. I took classes about all over the world in geography and cartography classes, and I could probably figure it out within maybe a week. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not information that's just sitting on my head now. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah. Do you think we're going to go through an economic depression? Depression? Well, I don't know. I'm just like, because I'm thinking, you know, I'm going into col- my four years of college, you know, with this crazy inflation. What do you What do you think? I don't know. I, I would say I, when I went to college um, in 2011, they were having a similar crisis in the, the CSU UC system. Yeah. Uh, and it was bail, it was bailed out by the voters. It's called Prop 30, um, and basically that paid all the professors and re re like organized the entire system, so it's made it more affordable and guaranteed its funding for a long time. It was really difficult to advocate for just simply my parents to pass that prop. Yeah. Um, that's where I think all kind of economic principles should basically stop and end is with what are the voters willing to vote for in the government. Um, I, it depends on who you talk to. I mean, I, I have some of my, my friends who are in startup businesses and biotech and stuff like yeah. that. And they're like, this economy sucks. Like, it's falling apart. And I'm sitting here making more money than I've ever had, saving more money than I ever have, and yeah. spending more money than I ever have. Yep. So, like, who do you who do you talk to? Mm-hmm. Well, 
if you're going to try to get into a, a big fancy private industry, you're going to be concerned about the economy 24 seven. Yeah. You become a firefighter, police officer, That's true. teacher, doctor. Yeah. You're going to pay bills for a long time, but, but once you get set, yeah, it's good. <laughs> you, you ain't gonna, ever going to have to worry about, you know, how the economy is doing. Yeah. People are always going to need medicine. Yeah. So, that's kind of like what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want That's to be true. fearful of the economy? Try to hit hit a home run and make a lot of money. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But you're going to be stressed a lot. Yeah. If you want, if you're happier with a different kind of impact on life and what you want to do, the economy is going to ebb and flow like it always does. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's going to help some people. It's going to hurt others. Um, so, me being concerned. <laughs> Not personally. Not, no. Not personally, but I feel for everybody else. I feel for my parents because they have yeah. their retirements in the stock market. Mine's in a pension. So it's like... Do you have any investments that you're worried about? Or? Um, Not really, no. except for my house. I would say that's yeah. the biggest one. Um, but I'm going to be there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm not necessarily that worried about it. Um, but I'm also not a big econ person. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's out here playing the markets yeah. and, and making long-term investments. Um, I'm, I'm here trying to live my life every single yeah. day how I want to. Well, that's more realistic, too. Too far ahead. Yeah. Maybe when I'm 40, I'll start getting more concerned about it. But 30? Yeah. No. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> did, you, did you buy your house, like, did you have to renovate it at all, or was it, like... It like, was... Do you like renovating things? Like, is that... It was pretty nice. It had a nice updated kitchen. Okay. Um, it, it had original hardwood floors. It had a, like maybe a, a 1990s bathroom in one, and the mm-hmm. other bathroom not usable. That's what we're trying okay. to renovate now. Yeah. Um, but we we bought our house because we had the money for it. Interest rates were the lowest they'll yeah. ever be in the history of the United States potentially, yeah. unless we crash. Um, <laughs> and it just what else? I know we we probably paid too much for the house. But nah. the thing is, with the interest rate we have now, if we were to buy a house $200,000 cheaper than we did with the current interest rate, we'd still be paying more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's a long-term investment. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, there's a decent amount of work that's done, but everything about it is suitable for the needs of my life, my wife's life, and then our families for both of them because everybody's here. So yeah. it's nice to uh, root down something for the long term. Yeah. That's good. Um, if you had to go on any reality TV show, which one would you pick? Well, I, I feel like I'd love to do a competition show. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know if I'm that competitive anymore. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, what are your, your classics are like? Uh, amazing Race like or Survivor, Survivor. Yeah. I feel like uh, I'd the be Lego one. The, the Brickmasters. <laughs> I'm not that creative. Yeah. That's my issue. I feel like I could really manipulate people well in Survivor. Okay. Play the game pretty pretty mean and pretty raw. I don't think I'd be as good in challenges as I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I always, you know, that would have been something that would have always been cool. But knowing my luck, um, I probably would have said something slightly triggering to somebody on the first day. And they'd all come <laughs> for me because uh, I'm tall. Uh, and ideally, I would have been athletic at the time. And I look like a game player. Yeah. Um, so I, I think about like cooking shows because I yeah. like to cook. So I think about like Chopped or something. And that's a little too professional for mm-hmm. me. But I think I can I can scrap in like a guy's grocery games or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can probably pull something out pretty well. 
um, and be successful in, a, in like a cooking type of reality TV show. I don't need to do any dating ones. That's that's, that's not, yeah. not my, my alley. Um, cause I'm not no Love Island for Mr. Bell, guys. I love, I love watching Love Island. You do? Okay. Yeah. Only the British version, though. Yeah. Only the British version. <laughs> um, so I think that might be that might I think it might be a cooking reality show, but not, not yeah. a serious one. What kind of things do you like to cook? Um, I, I like cooking everything. Like, okay. I like I like uh, Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, fresh pasta. Mm. Uh, I like. Do you make sausage. pasta? I have. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Ravioli. Yeah. Um, I like cooking or grilling steaks. Okay. Um, I like the the cast iron, the the, the butter butter glaze, the flavors, the yeah, of the uh, whatever it is on the cast iron. Yeah, the seasoning. Yeah. Okay. The seasoning from all the other stuff you cook that's just yeah. like baked into the bottom mm. of the pan and stuff like that. Delicious. Um, but I, I like simple things like that. I mean, my wife's an incredible cook. She's way better than I am. But she has her strengths, and I have my strengths. And yeah, I would say cooking together is probably the best. Yeah, um, because you get a, you get a little bit of everything. Her palate's a little different than mine. Mm-hmm. I think we both have really good palates, and we're both foodie people. So yeah, um, I have to do all the dishes though. So every yeah, time, all me. Yeah, every single time. But you know, she does other things. Yeah, she's good. Do you have like? Is there anything that's like really weird that you really like to eat? Like I don't know. Escargot. Well, I've had escargot. Frog legs. I mean, I've had frog legs. Like something that people be like, ew. Um, so uh, we actually, for my birthday, um, just recently went to uh, uh, Chez Noir, which is the, the Michelin star restaurant in Carmel. That just oh, yeah, I heard about that. It's really nice, super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a couple new things that I really enjoyed, food I'd never had before. Yeah. Uh, abalone's one. Oh. Really good. Like seafood bacon, basically. Oh. Um, and then hmm. I, I've always wanted to try, and I was finally able to have sea urchin. Oh, yeah. Which, if you've never seen what a sea urchin looks like, <laughs> it's not what you expect. No. <laughs> it, and it looks like almost like caviar. Which I love Was caviar. it purple when you ate it? It was yellow. <gasps> what? Like a bright yellow? Yeah. So the, the spike, they pulled the whole thing out of the spikes, and it's just like a, look at like a yellow banana slug almost. That's crazy. And it's got all these little warts and bumps on it. And uh, boy, does it melt into a corn ravioli. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like that's that's some weird stuff I've never had before. And like going to a very fancy restaurant, yeah, I was able to try it. And like, I don't know if I'll ever have it again because yeah. it's hard to find, it's hard to make, it's expensive. Exactly. But yeah. Like, but it was fancy good. Seafood, it was fantastic. Interesting. What is the best compliment you've ever received? <clears throat> or like, if someone said this to you, you're like, that's. That's the compliment. <laughs> There's a lot of capacities here um, of like, I've had compliments from coaching. I've had compliments from longtime friends, uh, as a teacher, as a professional, um, as a husband. But I think one that is probably the most important to me came from my mother. Um, and we've had a lot of disagreements politically uh, with what I want to do with my life. I knew she was not happy um, when I decided to become a teacher. Uh, but she, I've, I, as a teacher here, I've, I've interacted with, with a lot of people of the community. Mm-hmm. And um, she had 
a compliment told to her from one of her friends that had a child in my class. Uh, and then she came to me and told me that she can tell that I'm, I'm doing the right thing and that she's, she's proud of me, obviously, but most importantly that, that she sees that I'm successful yeah. and that's all she really wanted. And that is something that's really important to me because um, we disagree on a lot of things and hearing her say that really kind of fixed a lot of my perspectives on what her role is, how we interact and things mm. like that. It was very therapeutic, so um, I think I'd love for it to be some uh, random person or something yeah. that comes from the outside of left field, and you're like, wow, that's nice, but when you get the kind of big life like, validation, validation yeah. grat gratitude from your parents, um, I think that's something that really holds a special spot in my heart. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything's going to beat it, to be honest. Like, I'm not saying that mm -hmm. like, they can't happen. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> well, I like the, a lot of people are always in me personally too like always trying to appeal to our parents and mm -hmm. you know satisfy them especially like when your parents work really hard or they did a lot for you you want to do everything to get their respect and so mm -hmm. it's hard to get it but once you finally do it's like didn't know a hundred percent yeah but the thing is is like you also have the right to like push away and figure things yeah. out on your own and I think that's yeah. where you're gonna feel like in college like, I mean, you hear it from a lot of people, like, oh, my, my son or daughter, they changed in college. Yeah. What did they learn over there? They learned about themselves, and they learned about how to think for themselves and experience mm -hmm. things for themselves. Yeah. And by doing so, they'll gain the full picture, not just half of the picture or mm -hmm. a quarter of a picture. Um, and then that always leads to discussion, and how I've noticed and how I've experienced it and how I've heard from others is uh, it just takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And, and discussions and talking things and not everybody, especially my mom, is not a big talker in that sense. And I don't know what it is, but I'll talk about really sensitive and controversial <laughs> things with a complete straight face and be like, oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I understand your perspectives, slightly disagree with them. And the emotional responses from yeah. other people who are not ready to have those conversations, uh -huh. that can be something that's very tough to learn from. And so yep. all of that, is something that I think a lot of people will go through. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody told me that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody was like, when you come back, it's going to be like this, this, and this. And, you know, your parents are more stubborn or more set in their ways than you think about it. And then, like, you think, oh, but I can change them. Yeah. No, you can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone will slowly start figuring out who they are. And it all comes within balance. It just takes a lot of time. Yeah. What is the best advice that you can give to young people? I don't, I, there's so much to say here. Um, I'm going to say one of my biggest things that I learned, and I thought that was so valuable, um, is just to listen. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Uh, I just listen to other people. When mm -hmm. I'm talking about young people right now, listen to millennials. What? Listen <laughs> to them. Because, yes, you might think you're different, and you definitely are, but, like, listen to what their experiences are. Yeah. Because, yes, you, everyone has different trauma or life-changing events that happen within their generation. Um, I mean, we're talking the two worst economic recessions since the Great Depression happening within the window for millennials from graduating high school to basically being 30. Yeah. 
and and the experiences that that we have gone through i think they're they're different for you but there's lessons you can learn from them yeah if you don't just discredit them and that being said i think one of the biggest things a lot of millennials are championing is moving away from the phones Mm-hmm. Like taking a step back from social yeah. media. I mean, I grew up with it. I thought I'd have my Facebook forever. <laughs> I thought I'd have all these things that are super important. And they're memories, and they're great. I have them. They're sitting in my phone. I never look at them. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't need to be taking pictures 24-7. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be glued in and having ridiculous group chats or side conversations 24-7. There's something that just living your life, experiencing moments at a time, and not necessarily feel like you have to document it. Yeah. Um, there can be a lot of therapy in that, I found. And like, I go to a concert and music festival, and people are out there filming it. I'm like, great, cool. Yeah. But you're spending so much time to look at the concert through the screen mm-hmm. instead of just simply be there. And so, my biggest piece is, is listen to people who come before you. If you would have told me, oh, listen to the boomers, <laughs> they know something like, ha, yeah, right. Yeah. But you know, th- they have. And there's a lot of things I disagree with them on, but like, there's some some key lessons and people who um, just listen, I feel like come out a little bit better than people who will put their head in the sand or pretend like it's not them mm-hmm. or um, that it's different. Because the more older I get, the more simpler everything becomes. To yeah. Me. It's just a different app or different uh, piece of technology that is still changing how humans interact, behave, uh, and it's getting more and more profitized now, yeah. which is very scary. Um, so put the technology down, live a little bit in the moment, and listen to the people who came right before you because they probably have experienced things yeah. that are similar but slightly different. Be like, yeah, it's a warning for you. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a really good way to wrap things up. That is all I have for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and we will see you on the next one. Thank you, Harper. Bye. Bye.